I want to share with you this beautiful Easter quote from St. John Chrysostom, which I read earlier in the week while preparing the homily for this morning. Each and every event that happened to our Savior is an outward sign of the mystery of our redemption. Just as Christ was born from his mother's inviolate virginal womb, so too he rose again from the closed tomb. As he, the only begotten Son of God, was made the firstborn of his mother, so by his resurrection he became the firstborn from the dead. Interestingly, Christensen explains that Jesus was resurrected through the closed tomb, and that the stone was only miraculously moved after the resurrection so that it could be witness to the fact that the tomb was empty. Now before we turn our attention to the Gospel text for this morning, I want to back up briefly to Friday and the crucifixion. There at the foot of the cross were two women standing side by side, shoulder to shoulder, supporting each other in the greatest moment of tragedy either could ever possibly imagine. One was the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the emblem and sign of absolute purity. The other was Mary Magdalene. There are only a few passages which speak of Mary Magdalene. One of them is when she is identified as the woman washing and anointing Jesus' feet in the Gospel according to John. Now there is also an account of a woman washing and anointing Jesus' feet in the Gospel according to Luke. And in Luke's Gospel, the woman is unnamed, but is identified as a notorious sinner. In that setting, that would mean that she was a prostitute or lived a very promiscuous lifestyle. Traditionally, these two accounts were believed to be two tellings of the same story, and therefore the belief that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute was started. Additionally, there is the Luke Gospel account that Jesus expelled seven, seven demons from Mary Magdalene, and having been possessed by demons would explain, or so it was thought, why she had previously lived a promiscuous lifestyle. Add them together, and in the year 591 or 592, Pope Gregory the Great preached a sermon in which he declared Mary Magdalene was the notorious sinner of Luke's Gospel account. If it were a court of law today, the evidence would be considered weakly linked at best. Although it is a possibility, it seems unlikely that Mary Magdalene was either the city prostitute or one who lived a promiscuous life. Acknowledging that, there is for the moment a benefit to the traditional understanding. The tradition teaches us about the incredible extent of God's grace. Let us return to the foot of the cross and look again at the two women, the Blessed Virgin Mary, sign of all that is holy and pure, and Mary Magdalene, the sign of a sin-soaked life according to tradition, a demon-possessed life by biblical record. Yet there they stand, shoulder to shoulder, equally welcome at the foot of the cross. You may have lived a near-perfect life. You may have lived a life that was one bit of trouble after another and never thought twice about it. A notoriously sinful life. Regardless of which describes you, or anywhere in between, you are in need of a Savior. And we are all somewhere between those extremes. We are all in need of a Savior. And in what each represent when we see Mary and Mary standing shoulder to shoulder at the foot of the cross equally welcome we know that Jesus will welcome us as well. 
there is room there for us at the foot of the cross. Now, as we turn to our gospel text from John chapter 20, beginning in verse 1, we see that it is Mary Magdalene that arrives at the tomb early, while it was still dark. It was not one of Jesus' twelve disciples that went out to the tomb first, early that Sunday morning of April 5th in the year A.D. 33. And yes, there is a way to figure out the exact date of that first Easter Sunday morning. It was Mary Magdalene, who in her love and zeal could not wait a moment longer than the law of the Sabbath required, and rushed back to the tomb to be with Jesus as dawn was about to break. We can understand why. Even if we reject the tradition of her being a repentant prostitute, and it is probably the best if we do, The Bible still tells us that she was healed from the demonic possession of seven demons. Her life was forever redeemed and made right. Her gratitude and love could never be questioned. So just before the break of day, Mary Magdalene rushes to the tomb. She arrives and finds the stone removed from the entry to the tomb, and the tomb is empty. Mary Magdalene had seen the Romans convict Jesus through a mock trial. She has seen the Romans brutally scourge Jesus, reducing his body to one giant open wound. She had seen the Romans force and the whipped and weakened body of Jesus to carry his cross through the streets of Jerusalem. She has seen Jesus fall under the weight of the cross, which was the weight of each of our sins. She has seen the Romans force a bystander against his will, to carry the cross with Jesus. She has seen the Romans strip Jesus of his clothes and nail him to the cross. She has seen the Romans hoist that cross into the air in an act of terror, so it stood against the horizon like a sign of warning, don't be like this guy, to all the Jews who would see it. She has seen a Roman soldier run a spear through the side of Jesus, and the water and blood flow from his side to prove he was dead. She has seen the Romans take Jesus down from the cross, and once Jesus was in the tomb, she watched the Romans seal that tomb and place a guard on it so those who loved Jesus could not get close to him. She has seen all this happen at the hands of the Romans, And now she sees that Jesus is gone. It makes perfect sense that she believes that this is one more act of the Romans' brutal hatred to steal his body away so that those who loved him could not give him the proper burial deprived on Friday due to the start of the Sabbath. She ran back to the disciples and told Peter and John that they had taken Jesus' body. Peter and John respond by running to see for themselves Now, just like we considered the Blessed Virgin Mary and Mary Magdalene, let us do a quick look at Peter and John. John is known as the disciple whom Jesus loved. John would occasionally be overzealous, like when he wanted to call down fire from heaven to destroy those who did not greet Jesus as he entered Jerusalem. But he never did anything opposed to Jesus. And at the time of his death, Jesus entrusted his mother the Blessed Virgin Mary, to John, with the words, Behold your mother. 
John is an emblem of perfection, or as near as a regular person can get. Peter, on the other hand, has been rebuked by Jesus, who called Peter Satan once. Peter tried to interrupt the transfiguration on Mount Tabor by building dwelling places for everyone to stay, and, most recently, before this first of all Easter Sunday mornings, denied knowing Jesus three times. That is quite a record of failures for the man who would go on to be the first pope. But they both ran. The one who knew he was loved by Jesus and the one who had been rebuked by Jesus and knew that he denied Jesus. They both ran to the tomb. John, the disciple Jesus loved and protector of his mother, arrived first, but then he stopped. He could not go in. He could only look inside. Peter, who should have been worried, even afraid, knowing his failures, arrived second, but pushed past John and went inside. St. Gregory Nazianzen wrote about the two, Be a Peter or a John. Hasten to the sepulcher, running together, running against one another, vying in the noble race. And even if you are beaten in speed, win the victory of showing who wants it more, not just looking into the tomb, but going in. Peter may have made a lot of mistakes. He certainly was not infallible, but he was always going to do the most he could. He rushed into the tomb. But in this case, whether one is John looking in, or whether one is Peter rushing in, they both know the tomb is empty. The resurrection applies to the one Jesus loved and the one Jesus rebuked equally. There they are, now three, at the empty tomb. Mary Magdalene, John, and Peter. The one once demon-possessed, the one loved, representing himself and Jesus' mother, and the one rebuked. In which do you see yourself? Or, in how many, at different times of life, during the highs and the lows we each face, do you see yourself? Whichever is your answer, there is room at the foot of the cross for you. Whichever is your answer, the tomb is empty for you. Whichever is your answer, Jesus died and then conquered death for you. May you forever know the joy of Easter is for you. Amen.